Welcome to Brain Pain, where we discuss everything psychology. As I always do, I want to start off this uh, podcast by saying I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. Just a guy with a master's degree in psychology working on his PsyD. Nothing I say here is meant to replace therapy. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to check everything I say and see what you can find. As always, I encourage you, if you feel you might even think you need to seek some help for mental health reasons, that you do so. You've had a long day, a good day. And so you go to bed and you're sleeping, you get that really good deep sleep. You wake up about 3 a.m. because you have to use the toilet, get drool on your face. And you roll out, you start to head down the hall to the bathroom. Halfway down the hall, you see a shadow and it starts to move. Someone's in your house and they shouldn't be. And you get that adrenaline dump and you're ready to do whatever you have to do to make sure that you're safe. And if anyone else is in the house, that they're safe. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute. That's a shadow from a shirt I pressed before I went to bed. And it's just, I hung it up and it's, it's casting a shadow in the hall. You had this fight or flight response to a shadow. I mean, what just happened? I mean, what really just happened? Well, let's talk about that. Before I go any further, I'm just going to warn you that this is pretty uh, technical about the brain, and we're just going to talk about vision and how it's processed in the brain. So when you're in that hallway at three in the morning or two in the afternoon, it doesn't matter. What's happening is that light is reflecting off of objects, sometimes a lot of light, sometimes very little light. And that goes into our eyes. And our eyes kind of process this visual information into signals. So in that 3 a.m. scenario, you're not getting a lot of reflected light. You're getting a lot of shadow and light. So there's not enough light to really allow you to see the color of objects. You're just seeing dark and light. And from our experience, and we know as humans that, you know, in the dark, we're not as uh, secure because we can't see things as clearly. This is all part of our psychological response. But we're in our home, so we feel relatively safe and protected. And when you see this shadow and you see it moving, and it's in the shape roughly of your shirt, you identified it as a human being, which shouldn't be there which is an instant 
thought of danger, right? Your amygdala dumps, hits the adrenal glands, and you dump all that adrenaline into your system. And so you have all that fight-or-flight response. But what happened is your brain matched that shadow to the closest recognizable item it is. Our brains, as we know, or we should know, like patterns. They identify a lot of things based on patterns we've seen before. And so if you've seen someone move in the dark and you see a shadow fall behind that person and how it moves, your brain says, hmm, I'm not quite sure what the shadow is, but hey, it looks a lot like a person moving. And there's an old uh, saying I've seen many times that if you see a cardboard box in the woods, but you think it's a bear, you will react physically as if it is a bear. And that's the same thing. You see the shadow and you think that's an indication of a human. And there are millions of things that have just happened in your brain, uh, neuron synapses, everything's firing, that have made that possible. So that's part of that magic of the brain that I like to talk about. But how did we get to identify it that way? What is it that makes it behave like that? Well, there's a number of things. Your vision chain is a long and complex uh, series of events. We could go into a whole detailed uh, description of what happens just in the eye, and I'm not going to. Because that's more about simple uh, physical reaction to light. And there's, there are people whose whole lives are directed, directed towards studying the eye. I mean, that's how we came up with LASIK surgery. That's how we uh, came up with glasses to correct uh, for the shape of our eyes when they're not quite correct, for the inability to see. Um, that's how we can do surgeries on the eyes, right? Some pretty fascinating and amazing stuff. Yes, it is, but it's not what we're talking about today. After the reflected light passes through, or the lack of light, which is your shadow, passes through your uh, eye, you have an optic nerve, and that optic nerve goes back to the LGN. That's the lateral geniculate nucleus, LGN. It's called a couple other things. I think it's called, um, it may be referred to, uh, instead of nucleus, they use uh, region or, uh, there's another term, and I can't think of it right now. But... Regardless, it's still the LGN. And it's pretty interesting because it's built out of layers, and it has three layers dedicated to the right eye and three layers dedicated to the left eye. And for those who don't know, your left eye connects to your, goes into the right side of your brain, and your right eye goes into the left side of your brain. For those that don't know, the left eye is connected to the right side of the brain and the right eye is connected to the left side of the brain. And I've always found that fascinating that the left goes to the right and the right to the left, both for eyes and body control. And I, I often wonder how that benefits us. How do we get some benefit out of that design? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some theories on it. I haven't researched that yet. But regardless, it is. Now, the LGN 
connects to the striate cortex. The striate cortex is an interesting part of the brain simply because it processes so much of your visual information in a manner that's generally accepted, and that's why I say generally accepted because I haven't seen it definitively uh, said that it does work this way, but it, it works in modules. So it gets a piece of information, that module processes it, and then it passes it on to the next module. And they estimate approximately 2,500 modules. Now, when they say a module, uh, you're talking about a group of neurons and the group might be a small group, it might be a large group, depending on what the processing is doing. And it's interesting because, think about this, if, if that part of your brain's not operating correctly, that means your vision's not being pro processed correctly. And we'll get back to that. Now the extra striate cortex, which is the next part of the brain that processes video information, brings it all together. So the striate cortex passes it on to the extra striate cortex, and then it takes it, and it has two main areas of processing, which are the dorsal and the ventral uh, streams. I want to make sure I get these right because I confused in the first time I was thinking about them and, and writing it down. The dorsal stream is, think of it as the big picture. It, it, it kind of says, where are things within my vision? So in this big area of vision that I have, where are these items at? And the ventral determines what an object is. So that's color, texture, is it moving? If it is moving, what direction? How fast is it moving if it's moving? You have the big picture, and then you have the objects in the picture of focus and interest. And these two parts of the brain have to communicate, even though they're within the same main structure. Because there, there was an interesting study done, or at least it was interesting to me, where they took three-year-old children whose brain obviously is not fully developed. They let them play with these very large toys. So like they had a large car they could get in. They had a large slide they could slide down. And they had like a little uh, playhouse that they could get in and out of. And they played with that for a while. And then they took them out of the room. And then when they brought them back in, they had exact copies, but they were much, much smaller, much too small for the children to get into. And the children really struggled with it, and they didn't understand it, and they looked to the adults for help to be able to get in or get on the slide or to get into the house. Because these two regions, it was uh, theorized, were not communicating effectively. So they saw the object. It was the same color, the same uh, texture, the same shape, but the size had changed. So its position in the big picture wasn't the same as it was, so they couldn't relate to the size difference.
So then going back to our 3 a.m. scenario, what's happening is the object you recognized, you recognized as a shadow. And that shadow was the shadow of a human. Although it was actually the shadow of a shirt. And so your body obviously reacted as if it was a human being that wasn't supposed to be there. As I said in the last podcast, perception is subjective. So there's a couple things that can inhibit or mm, maybe not even inhibit. Maybe the correct term is impact our vision or maybe maybe the better way to say it is change our subjective interpretation of what we see. We know that blood pressure can affect vision. We know if your blood pressure gets too high, you can actually lose vision uh, due to pressure in the brain and uh, on the optic nerves and things like this that can cause us to lose vision. We know that there have been instances of, uh, I mean, the, the term blind drunk. You can literally drink enough. You can literally drink, at the time it was alcohol that was not uh, pure. It had other things in it um, that could make you go blind because chemicals would interfere in the brain. We know that drugs interfere with our synapses. So we have drugs that purposefully block our neurons from reabsorbing certain chemicals like uh, serotonin. We have the SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And what they do is they interact with those so that they can't remove serotonin from the system meaning that there's more serotonin left to help deal with depression or to counteract depression. This can also happen with other chemicals, with vision. All our vision is is neurons firing and releasing chemical information. And it's kind of crazy when you think of it that way, that we have light that's reflected into our eyes. I'm looking at my microphone right now. And that's light reflected off the microphone going through my eyes and going through that whole process I described. Just to see that it's a microphone. And I can identify all these objects that I can see in this room. There's a lot of them. I can see some musical instruments. And I can see a hard drive. I can see computer screens, the microphone. And all of this is because all of those processes are going on continually very quickly. Now, when we relate this physical process to the subjective perception that we talked about last week, that's where we get the threat to ourselves from a shirt that is casting a shadow. Pretty straightforward, or at least it seems at the high level. Something most of us have done at some point is misidentify an object. Personally, one of the most bizarre things that 
I couldn't really wrap my head around. And it's one of those things you understand it after you saw it. But it, at the moment, you were confused by what you were seeing was I had literally come over a small hill in my car. I was in my car. I was driving on a back road. And I came over a hill. And I was at the top of the hill when what I actually saw was a Ford Ranger pickup truck in the air upside down. And I couldn't quite figure out what I was seeing. And I blew past it as it landed. And when I say in the air, it was not high in the air. It was rolling and it was probably, I don't know, two to three feet off the ground. Where the roof was, where the, where the um, wheels should have been. And I probably drove almost a mile before I could realize what I'd just seen. And, I, and then I turned around and I went back to check on them. And fortunately, they were okay. But it was something my brain couldn't identify because it was a pattern that I had never seen before. Now, as I went past it and my brain had a few moments to try and figure out what I had just seen, it dawned on me that it was a truck that was upside down. And when I looked at my rearview mirror, as I was going over the next hill, I could see that, you know, this truck was on the ground and it slid through the dirt and there'd been a car accident. And then I also felt very grateful that I wasn't about, you know, 30 seconds earlier than I was because I might've been right in the middle of the whole thing. But that subjective pattern, I, I really couldn't even place it at first. I just really couldn't even understand what I was seeing. I, I couldn't put something on it. It took a few seconds. And that's the same with that hanging shirt shadow, right? It, it takes a few seconds to realize it's just the shadow of a shirt. It's not a human being. It's not a zombie. It's not a ghost. It's just a shadow. So this is kind of a short podcast. Before I go, I want to talk about what's coming up. I've promised a few times that we're going to have some guests on the podcast to talk about some very specific subjects. Uh, one of them is self-medication. And we're going to talk to them about their viewpoint of self-medication. And there's a number of people that I hope to talk to. But next week, I will be talking to them. So I want to be clear, I'm not sure how the posts are going to go for brain pain in the next two to three weeks. We may end up a week behind. I'm going to try not to, but we may end up a week or two weeks behind. Uh, as these uh, individuals are kind enough to uh, talk to me and, and be on the podcast, I want to make sure that I would rather make sure that the podcast is done correctly. And even if it takes a little more time than throw something up, that's half done. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be exciting. And the people that I have, the people that have volunteered are some really good people. And I'm really, really excited to uh, get them on the podcast. There is one other thing for those of you who watch this on YouTube. Um, due to the increasingly chaotic nature of politics and um, cancel culture, I don't think anything I say here is, is, is too... Uh, controversial because I 
I encourage you to, to research and, and check my, my opinions and check my facts. But I'm also going to start posting not just on YouTube, but also on Odyssey, which is spelled O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. Um, very similar platform with a little bit less political uh, censorship. Now, as you know, I, I don't really go into politics here too much. I probably do from time to time without even realizing it. But uh, uh, that's really not the focus of anything I'm talking about. So just to make sure that um, it's available, it'll be in, on Odyssey as well. And uh, my name for that page is 100John. So that's another option for viewing this material. Matter of fact, it's uh, Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com slash at 100John, and you should be able to find me. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up, as I always do. Remember that I love you. Take care of yourself. Rock on. Rock on.